This is the Engines of Our Ingenuity, made possible by the friends of KUHF Houston. Today, an old question, who invented the telephone? The University of Houston's College of Engineering presents this series about the machines that make our civilization run and the people whose ingenuity created them. Ask who really invented the telephone, and you may get the name of a German, Philip Rice, not Alexander Graham Bell. The common wisdom is that Rice's telephone was only marginal while Bell's phone really worked. Now Lewis Coe rethinks the priority question in his book, The Telephone and Its Several Inventors. Rice was a 26-year-old science teacher when he began work on the phone in 1860. His essential idea came from a paper by a French investigator named Boursel. In 1854, Bursel had explained how to transmit speech electrically. He wrote, Speak against one diaphragm and let each vibration make or break the electric current. The electric pulsations thereby produced will set the other diaphragm working, and it then reproduces the transmitted sound. Only one part of Bursel's idea was shaky. To send sound, the first diaphragm shouldn't make or break contact. It should vary the flow of electricity to the second diaphragm continuously. Rice used Bursel's term, make or break, but his diaphragm actually drove a thin rod to varying depth in an electric coil. He didn't make or break current, he varied it continuously. Bell faced the same problem when he began work on his telephone a decade later. First he used a diaphragm-driven needle entering a water-acid solution to create a continuously variable resistance and a smoothly varying electric current. Bell got that idea from another American inventor, Elisha Gray. Of course, evaporation and immobility make a liquid pool impractical. Bell soon gave it up in favor of a system closer to Rice electromagnet. Still, it's clear that Gray's variable resistance pool had pointed the way for Bell. And so we wonder, was Bell also influenced by Rice's invention? Rice died two years before Bell received his patent. He was only 40, and he never did get around to seeking a patent for his device. Rice phones were tricky. The diaphragm was too delicate. A German company produced them with inconsistent results. Some worked well, some transmitted only static. Rice phones were demonstrated all over Europe. One was demonstrated in Scotland while Bell was back there visiting his father. We don't know if Bell saw it. However, he could hardly have been unaware of Rice's work. Still, we don't want to deny Bell's brilliance. He produced a robust and viable telephone, and he had the force of personality to sell it to a skeptical public. But to do that, he did what all inventors do. He built on the combined wisdom of others, just as Rice built on the work of Boursel before him. The word priority cheats all but one person of credit. In fact, we must thank Boursel, Rice, Gray, Bell, all of them. For great inventions are always the gift of many people, and not just one. I'm John Leanhart at the University of Houston, where we're interested in the way inventive minds work. Mm-hmm.